I'm Daniel, the Past Life Regressionist, and it's time to begin. This is Timeless Spirituality. Hey everyone, welcome back to Time with Spirituality. I'll say this, this is going to be a fun episode. This is a really fun one. This is an episode that was recorded back in November of 2021. So there are going to be some dates that are mentioned and there's your time reference. So it'll make a little more sense. Um, Yeah, that aside, if you have kids in the car right now, I probably wouldn't play this episode while they're in there because it's not going to be overly vulgar, but there may be some things you just don't want to explain to your children at this point. So yeah, that's my two cents. Come back to it later when they're not in the car. With all of that said, we're going to be talking karmic relationships today, but I want to start off with something first. I want to start off with a little story. There's a show called The Shield and The Shield debuted 20 years ago. And in the first episode, there was this incredible scene towards the end where, well, I wouldn't necessarily call it incredible, but for right now it is because I believe it relates in a certain sense. So you have your main character, his name is Vic Mackey, and he was described as Al Capone with a badge. And then you have a detective, his name is Dutch. He's a bit arrogant. He's little egotistical. He knows that he's good at what he does. He lets everyone know that he's really good at what he does. And then you have his partner. Her name is Claudette Wims, and she is just that straight-laced detective. She's the one who does everything by the book, is all about tradition, and just a real good go-getter. So at the end of the episode, you have Dutch open up his desk to find dog shit. There's dog shit in the desk. And he turns to Vic Mackey right away and accuses Vic Mackey of doing it. And Vic just kind of goes along with it because he's got to save face in front of everyone else. Of like, yeah, you know, I'm the one who put dog shit in your desk. But of course, he never says it. But he strongly implies that he did. And then you go upstairs and you see Claudette, who is Dutch's partner, is talking to the new captain. His name is David Aceveda. And they're watching all this go down. And Captain Aceveda says to Claudette, some prank, huh? And she responds, yeah. And then he says, you know, I once heard about this old cop tradition. Anytime someone in the squad started getting a big head, some other cop would put dog crap in his locker or his desk to remind him he's just one guy, part of the team. And Claudette responds, you heard about that, huh? And as she says that, she turns her head to the side and there's a slight smile that comes over her face. So at that point, it's strongly implied that she is the one who put the dog shit in her partner's desk. Now, I bring up this story because maybe that happens sometimes in the world. Now, I'm not going to infer anything here, but take that as you will for today. Anyways, 
I recently came across a video on Instagram and I can't stop watching it. There's just something about it that really has hooked my attention. I think it's the absurdity of it. And I want to share what was said in that video. Now, I don't want to say who did this video because I don't know what their motives are. And I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. But here's what was said in the video. Twin flames are coming together sexually in the earth realm and upgrading the crystal grid. What? This means the earth will start to rise in its vibration as a result of these divine counterparts coming together and having intimacy with each other. Wow! This will awaken the counterparts. It will also transform and awaken anyone who walks across the crystal grid in the areas that the twins were intimate. Oops! I have so much to say about that, but I will just leave it there. Just going to leave it there and hope you guys enjoy the sound effects. Now, why did I add sound effects? Because there's been a lot of serious stuff up until this point on the show. And I want this episode to just be a lot of fun. It's just a fun episode. Enjoy it, guys. It's okay to not take everything so seriously. And with, with, with that said, if you would like to book a regression with me to discover who, when, and where you have been throughout time, you can reach me on Instagram at The Past Life Regressionist or my website, thepastliferegressionist.com. And now, it's time to begin. Yes, man! Hey! Wait, you didn't let me finish. Sorry. Yes, man! Welcome to Timeless Spirituality! Uh, are, you, are you done? I'm, I'm done. Okay, great. Oh, Dan, Dan, thanks for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. It's going to be a fun one. I mean, when is it not? Exactly. Karmic relationships. We're going to talk them. Who's Yasmin? Hi, guys. <laughs> I'm Yasmin. I am a certified relationship coach and spiritual mentor. And I mean, honestly, I do a lot of different things. So it's kind of hard to put myself in a box. But um, I know. Tough. Tough. But <laughs> Dan Dan's making a face. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I've been doing this work for, um, a while now. I had a spontaneous spiritual awakening when I was 21 and that brought me into the world of spirituality and personal development and soul evolution. And at the time I was in a long-term relationship that did not work out because I was, you know, growing at a different rate, wanted different things. So, you know, we, we hit a wall and then that's when I realized like I wanted to do relationship coaching and I loved talking about relationships and sex and like all those things. And, you know, here I am today on this podcast about to talk about karmic relationships. So, yeah. It all worked out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Divine timing. Yes. Well, thank you for that. So just right off the bat, I want everyone to know that Yasmin and I have a karmic relationship because we've discovered or discovered through past life regression that we were both con artists in a past life. Well, I was more the sidekick. She was the lead. 
And I was always the one that got in trouble. Like she would always just convince me to do things that weren't right. And yeah, so that's how that played out. I ended up getting killed in the process. I think you were killed shortly after that, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah. So you'll see that playing out today. You'll see she's going to try to rope me in to do things, to try to get a rise out of me. (laughs) But I know better this time. Not a lot, but a little bit. So (laughs) I just want to... Still learning, but I want everyone to keep an eye on that. So yes, today we're going to talk karmic relationships. And I think I have a different point of view on it just because I see it from a different angle. But I think that this is more Yasmin's wheelhouse. So Yasmin, I really want to give you the floor. Where would you like to start with karmic relationships? Oh man, I mean like, I feel like there's just, there's so much with that topic. And I think nowadays with like, you know, the twin flame stuff and that all those theories, we'll get into that. We'll go, we will get into that. Okay. Um, I feel like there's just, there's so much around that. And everyone always wants to know, like, you know, am I in a karmic relationship? What does a karmic relationship look like? What does that entail? What feelings, what emotions arise when you're in a karmic relationship? And from my personal point of view, you know, a karmic relationship can feel intense. (laughs) It could definitely feel intense. It could feel like there's this bond that exists between two people and you don't understand why it's so magnetic and why it's so maybe so sexual or so lustful or, you know, just very, a very intense uh, connection. And sometimes you just kind of want to know, like, what is it about this person? What is it about this specific bond or relationship? Like, why is it that I feel this way with that person? You know, and I, I get, I mean, a lot of clients in my practice, they come to me with that same question. It's like, I, I'm dating someone and it feels so up and down. It feels so like dramatic. The fights are blowout fights. And then like the sex is like makeup sex and it feels amazing. And the next day we're fighting and we're like at each other's throats again. And usually I see that as a, a karmic relationship, a karmic bond that there's definitely stuff there that needs to be resolved probably from a previous life, which is your arena, Dan Dan. Mm-hmm. Like, yep, I'm coming in. <laughs> so you guys yeah. notice how she calls me Dan Dan and not Daniel. She's already trying to dress me down so I don't appear to be as I don't know, on the ball. Like this is the kind of thing that she would do to me in past lives. I'm nice about it. She would be like standing on my shoulders. Look, it was kind of like uh what was that book of mice and men? <laughs> right? Yeah. Just guess which one I was. Oh God, this is so good. This is so good. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, take it away from there because I feel like that's also, that's your, your place. What's your point of view on, you know, from, from an angle of a past life. First and foremost, this isn't your fault, but what bothers me about when I see the term karmic relationships out there is I think by putting a label on it out in the open, It takes away and diminishes the magnitude of any relationship because I believe that every relationship is a karmic relationship to a certain extent. So, you know, if you're if you're not having problems with your partner, such as Yasmin described, it it doesn't mean you're not in a karmic relationship. It just means you're in a different karmic relationship. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times people put labels on these relationships as a way to to make more sense of them. Yeah. When it should just be taken at face value. Hey, there are problems in this relationship. Maybe we should address them instead of saying it's a karmic relationship. 
Exactly. Yeah, no, I love that. And you're right because, you know, it's so much easier for us to, in some way, to bypass, label it and say, this is a karmic relationship and it just makes it easier for me to define it as that and not look at the actual issues that might be arising, you know what I mean? Or not take responsibility for things that might be coming up. And I also love that you said that every relationship on some level is karmic, which 100% I agree. You like the way I set that up earlier with us? Yes. <laughs> so I was exactly. planning for that one. You didn't know, but I was planning. No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, see, roles have been reversed. That would be me orchestrating that. And well, sorry, that would be you orchestrating that in the past life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I just had like deja vu. So, oh, Lenny, Lenny and George, right? That's what their names were? Yeah, Lenny and George. Which, which one? I was Lenny, right? Or was Lenny. I George? I was Lenny? Uh, Lenny, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was Lenny. Yeah. Got it. Like, yeah, it was so, Lenny. <laughs> was Lenny. If you guys aren't understanding, we were the basis for of Mice and Men. <laughs> that book was about us. We discovered yeah. that in our own past life regressions. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yasmin, I, <laughs> sorry for, for encroaching there. Take it away. Okay. So, but yeah, what I was saying was every relationship on some level absolutely is karmic, you know, and every person that we meet in this lifetime there, I, I do believe that there were, you know, bonds and ties that we had to certain people, to the people that we're dating now, or the people that are, are in our life right now from a previous lifetime. So I agree that, you know, sometimes putting a label on it can definitely get, could definitely be unhealthy. You know, if we're using it to bypass, we're using it to define it. And we're, we're kind of, we're not using it to see, you know, okay, how can I, fix what's going on or how can I like improve on this or how can I look at my own stuff and take responsibility for my own shit? You know, because that's, that's something that a lot of people struggle doing. It's taking responsibility in their relationship. Like, Oh, why is there so much jealousy in my relationship? Or why is there so much control in the relationship or what's going on within me? Why am I projecting this onto my partner or what's going on with my partner? Right. So questioning these things is, is healthy instead of kind of just putting it in a box and saying, nope, that's it. That's the label. Like, I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just going to label it as karmic relationship. And that's that. And you're saying that's not the thing to do is to not, <laughs> not do anything about it. Yes. yes. I'm saying it's good to have a balance, you know. What would be your suggestion with regards to how to deal with a quote unquote karmic relationship in the way? still that the expression is placed out there. Right, right. And I recently read your article that talked about four signs that you could be in a karmic relationship. Right. And it was just the things that you brought up. It was about the intensity and this and that and this and that. So, look, I mean, my natural inclination in that situation would be to say you're, you're probably meant to walk away. Yeah. But I also yeah. don't want to make a sweeping overgeneralization to say that encapsulates or uh, encapsulates. Yeah, we'll just, we'll yeah. stick with yeah, that, that works here. Uh, that so I'm having, I'm having my Lenny moment. Uh, that was works. George. George or Lenny? Which one was that? Lenny. Len, Lenny. I'm Lenny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was having a Lenny moment there. Yeah, my natural feeling would be to say, if that intensity is there, you're meant to walk away. Right. I guess my question for you is, have you seen that to be the case? Or are there other ways to work out these karmic relationships? Wow, that's a good, good question. You know, from my point of view, right, bringing in attachment styles, right? Now we're bringing in like the, the scientific part and 
um, of, of relationships, which is what I, I usually work with and with my clients and my, in my practice, you know, usually these, these karmic relationships are an avoidant and an, and an anxious person, two ends of the spectrum that are very extreme. Right. So when those two come together, <laughs> it's a recipe for disaster because the avoidant wants space, wants freedom, is afraid of being intimate and the anxious just wants to merge, wants to suffocate, wants to constantly be with the person. So if both parties are not working to become more secure, that's how that plays out. You know, intensity, obsession, jealousy, like all these things that I myself have experienced in the past as well. So I could say from personal experience and even from my clients, like, yes, it is possible to work on it, but it takes a lot of effort and time and patience. Because this is not like, you know, a one, a, a one month thing of like, yeah, let's just go to therapy and we'll figure it out. All, all will be good. Because at the core, you know, your attachment style comes from your childhood and how you relate to the people in your life, to, to the adults in your life, to your parents. So that takes time <laughs> to, you know, figure out. And you might not ever be 100% secure. You know what I mean? You might not ever get to that point, And that's just being realistic. But you, you can get to a point where you feel more comfortable and that you're able to take responsibility and be more secure so you can make the, the relationship feel more comfortable and your partner feel, feel more comfortable. But again, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes patience. So yes, it's possible. But sometimes I feel like this bond could be so unhealthy that it could ruin the chances to even fix the relationship or save the relationship, you know, cause a lot of people wait very long. That also depends on how long you wait to figure things out. If you're waiting too long, then chances are the relationship's going to, it's just going to spiral and, and things are not going to go in the right direction. One thing that I really appreciate is people who do the work. Yeah. I think that it's just, it's such an amazing thing to see when people are taking an active role Mm-hmm. to better themselves and not in a way where it's just, oh, I'm going to go sit in my room and meditate for five minutes, <laughs> but to do the hard things and to yeah. have the difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. What I've noticed with some of those people is that they take it to the extreme. Mm. And in this situation, how I would really convey that is, let's just say person A who's doing the work identifies the relationship they're in as a karmic relationship or Maybe they're identifying it that way without attaching a label, but they're like, I'm doing the work. I see that there's something that needs to be done here. So I'm going to stick it out because I'm supposed to work on this. I'm supposed to, to, to endure. I'm supposed to cry. I'm supposed to bask in the shadows. (laughs) Yes. And I think that that's the extreme of it. Yeah. But my observations are that the universe provides you with the lessons that you need. So in that particular circumstance, if you haven't learned your lessons yet, I believe that you will be provided with additional mechanisms Mm -hmm. in order to learn that lesson. So you don't need to stick it out with that person. Look, some of it may be that attachment style where you're, you're just coming up with excuses for why you don't want to separate. Like, oh, the lesson's not done yet. This and that, you know, gotta, gotta work on the karmic bonds and ties and yeah. You know, because cause we want to sever the cord, but we have to do it this way. I've, I've heard that a few times. It's true. How, how's that character? Was that okay? Yeah, it was perfect. It's good. I'm, I need to work on that one a little more. <laughs> it's like this. It has like a voice. 
<laughs> it was so good. You're right, though. It's so true. I've seen so, that play out also. Right. And I commend those people for wanting to do the work. But I would also say, are you using the work as a spiritual bypass? Mm, that's really good. That is really good. So Yasmin, relationship expert and coach, when have you seen people using the work as spiritual bypassing? Oh man, I definitely have seen that. I, I, I mean, I've, I've seen it in myself in the past, you know what I mean? So I'm like sitting here like, yep, yep. I love that you brought that up because we, you, we, we can even use that, you know, to excuse behavior or to stay in a situation that we, we no longer need to stay in. You know what I mean? Like, I love what you said before about that. It's like, sometimes it's just time to go, <laughs> you know, it's just time to leave. It's not, it's not like, I, I must stay here and figure out the lesson. Like if I don't, you know, I'm doomed. <laughs> it's like, no, sometimes it's like, okay. I mean, I, I don't, I also don't deserve this treatment or I just don't feel good in this relationship. I feel like I'm not, I'm not, like, no one's progressing. It's not getting anywhere. It's hitting a wall. So it's time for me to detach and just be like, okay, I mean, there's, there's plenty of lessons, <laughs> plenty of people that can teach me this, the same lesson. You know, it's not like this is the one time that you learn it and that's it. If anything, I, I, I feel that you will be, you'll continue to get tested. You know, life really is about challenges and growth and like, it doesn't just end, you know, with like one partner, you're like, that's it. I learned the lesson. I'm done. You know, like I never have to look at that ever again. Like you might have to look at it again you know, it's not a guarantee that you won't have to look at it. It's just, it's, it's just the difference is you'll, you'll know how to respond to that and you're not going to react to it in the same way that you reacted before. So yeah, I love that you brought that up because it's so big, like, especially with shadow work being such a buzzword now, I feel like people use it now <laughs> to bypass. <laughs> They're doing the work to bypass the work. So yeah, it's, it's a thing now. Right. Something that I struggled with mm -hmm. was overcomplicating things mm. when it came to doing the work. Yeah. Oh, I probably should have mentioned earlier, Yasmin is one of my closest friends. At least I consider her to be one of my closest friends. I don't know how she feels about me. <laughs> but... yeah, I'm giving him a look right now. <laughs> so like, we have a lot of conversations, so that's why you're getting a casual convo from us right now. Have I ever told you about my astrology teacher and the lesson he taught me about the upholstery on a chair? Mm -mm. So he, he was more than an astrology teacher. I mean, he was just, he was a great teacher. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of Taurus in my chart. So I'm very <laughs> stubborn. <laughs> Aquarius rising, another fixed sign. So I'm very fixed and set in my ways. And I was having a conversation with him. We we're sitting in his living room and he points to a chair and he says to me, a tear appears in that chair, in the upholstery. What do you do? I said, you find out how the tear appeared. He says, no, you fix the chair. I said, that's ridiculous. If you fix the chair, it's probably just going to get torn again if you don't understand how it got torn. He's like, no, you fix the chair. So like, well, hold, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let's talk about an arsonist for a minute. Something is setting fires off in the forest. You want to go searching for the arsonist because right. if you don't find the arsonist, then it's just going to keep happening. Yeah. But what I negated to really understand is you still have to put out the fire. Yeah. And in the act of somehow putting out the fire, you are finding the arsonist. Wow. So like, that's what I didn't understand. And that's something I still struggle with because yeah. I still do search for meaning when it comes to these things naturally 
through past lives most of the time, <laughs> trying to understand the components there. Yeah. But it took years for that message to sink in. I was just like, damn, you just got to fix the chair. If something comes up, you just got to fix it. You don't need to search for the meaning and reason. Perfect. Amazing. Spirit. Like none of that. I, I really could not have said it better myself. <laughs> well, that's a shame because I was actually wanting to get your feedback on that. Well, and, and what that okay. <laughs> but that was really good. I know what I want to say is I completely relate to that because I've always been the same way. I'm like constantly searching for meaning. I'm constantly like looking to better myself. And in that process, you know, I get lost sometimes. And I'm like, sometimes healing is just as simple as just sitting doing nothing you know what i mean rather than constantly searching and looking for the next thing or searching for that depth and that meaning you know looking in the the deep waters to see what i find because i'm so intrigued by it you know like i can't help it but that's something that i need to keep telling myself and i'm also double fixed so i'm very stubborn myself um i definitely have a lot of that energy and i you know i I, yeah more than me But Taurus is like fixed, fixed, you know? <laughs> so, but. Okay, then I'll win that pissing competition. <laughs> I can't with you. I can't with you. That was good. Um, but yeah, I, I find myself in that, in that rabbit hole. Okay, like I, I love going down the rabbit holes and I find myself in certain places sometimes. And I'm like, well, sometimes you'll never know a certain thing. And, you know, you and I have talked about that when it comes to like actual like rabbit hole stuff. Like sometimes we won't actually know a certain thing. We won't, we won't know for sure. You know, she's referring know. to conspiracy theories right now. We won't know the truth, truth. You know what I mean? Like, and we, and, and when we, when we had that conversation, that was like, what, two weeks ago or something. I was just like, yeah, it, it's crazy how we, we definitely overcomplicate things sometimes because we're searching for meaning and depth and stuff. And, and we get really caught up. And I know for a fact, I personally get super caught up. So yeah, I just wanted to say, I love that you said that because that's literally how I feel. And I have to constantly challenge myself and remind myself that healing doesn't have to be this whole complex thing. It really could be as simple as just sitting on the couch, crying your eyes out <laughs> and, then, and then like being okay. And you're like, okay, I'm good. Now I can like do, do stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that. And yeah, yeah. it's amazing because at the time when Jim told me that, I didn't understand that that was about more than just acknowledging a problem. I didn't understand that by searching outside of myself, I was looking for other reasons to not fix the chair. That's what I was really doing. Uh, yeah. And now I'm thinking, if I was listening to this recording four years ago, I'd be like, what are they talking about? Not finding meaning? What's wrong with these people? Like, no, no, they're cracked out. I don't like them. I don't want to listen to this. <laughs> so, for Dan Dan listening four years ago, that's not what I'm saying right now. You can still ask the existential questions. You can search or still search for the meaning of life. Yeah. But if there's a problem that's presented to you, just fix it. Exactly. Exactly. And you're right. We do run away from it unconsciously. You know, by looking for meaning or by focusing on other things, we're not actually tackling the problem head on. And the problem could just be sitting with the pain, not running away from it. Yeah, that's fixing the chair. Yeah. 
basically. It's funny because I had um I had a session with my therapist last week and we were talking about this topic about like sitting with it. And she's like, you know, sometimes it's not about looking outside of yourself constantly. It's really about sitting with whatever is coming up and just feeling into it. You know, don't try to intellectualize it, you know, which is what I do because I don't like sitting and feeling it. I get in my head about it. And I try to make sense of it, right? I try to like, my ego really wants to make sense of what the hell is going on. Why am I feeling this way? And of course, on some level, I'm not saying that's not a bad thing. You know, the ego is not bad. It's not our enemy. It's just learning how to work with it, right? And, and having a grounded approach of how to work with the ego and our thoughts and our intellect. But I, I have found myself stuck intellectualizing my emotions and my feelings and my situation that I'm, that I'm going through, any situation that's challenging, and I run away from the actual feeling that I'm not actually healing it. You know what I mean? So, and I've done that in previous relationships too, intellectualizing the situation, maybe making an excuse for it. Oh, you know, using like spiritual tools to bypass it too. Oh, it's because of this, or, you know, because their astrology chart has this in it. It doesn't matter. It's not, it's not an excuse for bad behavior or unhealthy behavior. So yeah, it's that, that's a really good point. Now, of course, I do have to play both sides of the fence right now. A lot of times those spiritual tools can be very useful. Yeah. So I'm going to play both sides of the fence for past life regression right now. Mm. Where past life regression can be very useful if you find yourself in a comic relation shop. If <laughs> I can't. Uh, it's oh. the face for me. Oh, was I making a face when I did that? Yes, you were. Wow. How did it look? Just, <laughs> oh, I sucked my tongue out when I did that? Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Um, past life. Past life, yes, thank you. So, how it can help in that circumstance is it becomes more tangible when yeah. you understand that it does have its roots somewhere else. Mm. But then where it can also become a detriment is how you decide to look at it after the fact. Uh -huh. Because you can decide to look at it as, oh, I've been with this person before, which means that I'm meant to be with them again. I'm meant to work out the problems that we had in the past life. Yeah. Or you can look at it as, oh, I was with them before. Mm -hmm. There were problems in the past life. I see those same problems right now. Maybe I'm just supposed to walk away. So I think that's where that balance comes in with regards to yeah. just everything in life is that yeah. there are yeah. higher and lower octaves at play there. So it's just a matter of perspective and how you decide to look at it because totally. that's all that it really comes down to. A psychic reader, you know, like a psychic twin flame soulmate, gargantuan reader, <laughs> whatever the hell some of them call themselves. Look, I believe that some psychics are, are bona fide. Right, right. I believe some of them have found a niche and to prey upon people. So true. But I do believe that there are bona fide psychics out there. Right. But if a psychic tells you this person is your twin flame, like, <laughs> it, what are they really saying? <laughs> what are they really saying there? The twin flame theory, yeah. And I think that's where it becomes a matter of the perspective that you decide to take. Look, I don't like throwing around the label twin flame. I don't because either. I think that it puts an expectation upon things because it, it sounds so lofty. When yeah. you have flame in there, it's not twin burner. <laughs> twin burner. Let's coin that one right now. 
you're in a twin burner relationship, right? Not not you. Yours is a good one with Brad. <laughs> the collective you. <laughs> yeah, the collect exactly the collective you. Yeah, not you specifically. Yeah, that was really good. I'm proud Wait, of myself for that yeah, one. You're so right because I I never I've never liked the whole twin flame concept because it it keeps you searching outside of yourself, mm -hmm. and it keeps you in this loop of misery on it. Honestly, like that's really what it does for you. And like this false hope, you know, and it, and it keeps you stuck in a situation where you could move from there, but you're choosing not to because you have this idea that it's my twin flame, your twin burner. Exactly. <laughs> for those of you who see that way, I hope, you know, I'm not mocking you right now. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not mocking. It's not mocking. It's just, yeah, it's just perspective. I'm just trying not to be a cookie cutter show here. Yes, very, you're very honest and straightforward. If I'm being honest. See, Yasmin gets it. She has yep. a bunch of Aquarius in her chart. As I've already mentioned today, because I'm very prideful of it, I'm an Aquarius rising, which means yeah. I don't do cookie cutter. Yeah, and I'm an Aquarius sun, which means I don't do cookie cutter. <laughs> yeah. So it works. <clears throat> See what she did there? She had to take my moment away from me. <laughs> I was like, oh, let me... You put that comment right there. Right? It's like we get caught red-handed outside of the, the jewelry heist, and she's sitting there pointing a finger at me like, hey, he did it. <laughs> Wasn't me. <laughs> or we hear the sirens coming. She's like, hey, Lenny, hold on to these bags of jewels right now. Okay there, Yasmin. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Right? That's how John Malkovich sounded in the movie, right? Okay, yeah. Okay there, Yasmin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Twin burners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it's true. It's like, I, I, I remember when I first started, like I, I first read an article on, on the twin burner. <laughs> now I'm going to start saying that, um, years ago when I was, when I was in, with my ex and I was just like, I remember like reading it and I'm like, oh my God, this is a part of me was so intrigued by it. But the other part of me was skeptical. Cause I was like, this feels like it's this loop, this loop of confinement, you know, that doesn't allow you to leave that definition of the box that you put yourself in kind of. So I, I was like, I don't know, this just doesn't feel right to me, you know, searching for the twin flame or staying in a twin flame relationship. No, it's just, it's not working for me. I need to leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I can't make excuses for it. But the other part of me was wanting to make excuses for the relationship I was in, you know, cause it was painful for me to leave a relationship that like I thought was going to be forever. And that illusion, again, that's also an illusion that keeps us in this place because we're afraid of detaching from the vision we created for ourselves with the person that we want to be with. I'm sorry. I didn't hear a lot of that because I was just thinking of how proud I am of myself for Twin Flamer. I am so... <laughs> or not Twin Flamer. That was another... Twin Burner. You see? I, I was thinking of also how to make Twin Flame sound more intimidating. I thought Flamer because it's like going down in flames. I'm going to start crying. <laughs> that was really funny. Twin flamed? No, that, that, that doesn't sound intimidating. Twin fire. <laughs> Twin yeah. flamer does roll off the tongue nicely, though. Twin burner is hilarious. Twin, just, we'll stick with twin burner. Twin burner is the best. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so proud of you for that. That was good. Yeah, thank you. Next time I write an article, I'll make sure that I... Uh, You'll quote Dan Dan, the past life regressionist on twin burner. Yeah, the, yeah. The, twin, you know, the, the twin flame relationship. AKA the twin burner relationship. Yeah. Every time Yasmin writes an article, I say, Hey, thanks for the shout out. 
So now you're going to get an actual shot. Now actually get it, yeah. <laughs> it's like with the karmic relationship one. Senator, thank you, or thanks for the shout out. Because you'd think that she'd mention Dan Dan, the past life regressionist, when she's talking about past lives and karmic relationships. I was like, I kind of like went into your territory. Not really, but like... <laughs> if you're going to come into my territory, at least give me the nod. <laughs> at least let me know. Well, now I know. And what do you mean now you know? Well, I knew before, but like now... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't even get away with that. But uh, yeah, for the next one, you know, Twin Burner is going to be a thing. So for everyone listening, just, just remember that Dan Dan said Twin Burner. Now I'm actually like, do I really want to get attached to that? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just picturing 20 years down the road, 50 years down the road, someone takes it and runs with it in a completely different direction. And whatever the intended meaning of a twin flame was initially, it ended up getting so far away from that. And then I am responsible for all of that. Now you're nervous. I didn't intend for it to be, I can't think of it right now because... You're like, I'm quoting you next time. Yeah, okay. Well, the Aquarius rising in me is like, yeah, just quote me. (laughs) It doesn't matter, just do it. Just do it. I'll deal with the consequences when it comes down to it. Make sure I get my acknowledgement now. I love it. Own it. Own it. Step into that. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that's a good place to end it at Twin yeah. Burners. Yeah, I do too. I mean, like, you know, we, we, we really did dive deep into that. I feel like there's just so many different angles that you can look at this from. But I feel like bringing all those angles are just, it really helps to understand it further and what, it, what a karmic relationship is. Because again, all of these things are buzzwords, you know, until you actually understand and get to know, like, what does this really mean? Yes. Yeah, and and I also just want to add. <clears throat> I mean, Dan Dan's sessions, and yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep saying it that way. Uh, they are so so healing and so amazing. Like I've had two, and honestly, it's been so healing for me to understand and put together. And I was still processing. You know, we did it like was it January of, of this year? I think it was January. I was still processing and putting together things in July. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, it just, it's so great. And it really is so healing. And again, it doesn't necessarily get rid of anything, but it helps you understand and put together things. So, you know, Daniel's amazing at it. And, you know, I had to, I had to be a little more professional there, but Daniel's amazing at it. He knows what he's doing. He's super professional, knows how to like talk you through it and guide you through it. So I just wanted to do like a little shameless plug because it's, that's how I felt when I did my sessions with him. Thank you. And I'm okay with the plug. <laughs> I know the Aquarius rising is like, huh? <laughs> me. With that said, Yasmin has helped me with relationship coaching. She helped me identify my attachment styles, which she's going to have to tell me what they are again after we <laughs> because I understand it. But I forgot the two words that she gave me. But yeah, she's amazing too. Yeah, she, she's good. I guess you helped me identify the attachment okay, style. There's nothing else I have to say about it because that was everything. Thanks, Amy. The fact that you were able to help me with that was game changing. I appreciate that. My Aquarius son right now is... <laughs> and then we spent the other 90% of the time laughing. Yes, exactly. And it's great. It really is, it really is amazing. But yeah, like thanks, Dan Dan, for saying that. I really appreciate it. And, I uh, meant mostly every word of it. <laughs> mostly, <laughs> he, you had to go and say something. You just, he just, 
like I can't, I can't end this recording without saying something. I'm still holding on to some animosity for you handing me the jewels before the police came. He's still holding it against me. What do I do? Okay, and just to be clear, that didn't actually happen. <laughs> I love you. Just, just clarifying for the audience. It may have. May or may not have. It probably did. <laughs> probably. But yeah, just Yasmin, thank you so much for coming on for this one. And where can everyone find you? So um, I'm on Instagram at Yasmin Elsamore. I'm also at Humanity Feels, which is my podcast. Don't say anything about it because I, I, I just feel it coming. Um, and yeah, I mean, like if you guys want to, if anyone wants to chat, please slide into my DMs, talk to me. I'm always here. And um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. What am I not supposed to say? You know what? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Yasmin feels. Oh, I thought you were referring to that we recorded two episodes, but we were having technical issues for both of them. Oh, and yeah. you still haven't had me back on, even though I gave you my time for two days. Still <laughs> I know. I feel terrible. <laughs> I literally set it all up and like both times. <laughs> they didn't work. So okay. yeah, you'll be seeing me on... Humanity, humanity feels. feels. <laughs> I call it Yasmin feels. So that's yeah. then I have to remember yeah. it's humanity feels, which is a great name. Yeah, because then you'll have people looking up Yasmin feels and they're like, that doesn't exist. Yeah, that's her clothing line. <laughs> oh man, that's too good. That's too good. So yeah, I'll let everyone know when I'm going to be on Yasmin's podcast. Yes. And yeah, just thanks for being here. Yes. Thank you guys. Hello, time travelers. Your journey through time awaits you. Just want to thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. And if you're interested in discovering who, when, and where you have been throughout time, and you'd like to book a sesh with me, just go ahead and send me a message on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist, or you can reach me through my website, yourpastliferegressionist.com.